It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, we got such a busy day, we're jumping uh, right in. We're going to hear from the coordinators, Patrick Johnson, Dom Kosolke, on today's program. Uh, Let's jump in with uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick talking about the Pirates, Uh, you know, not needing to beat themselves. They're such a young team. Hit it, Dom. There's, There's a lot of things we can do better. I think it starts with just quit beating yourself, making the game so hard. I mean, we, we, we start last week's game. First thing is somebody kicks the cord out of the headset, so we have no communication down to the bottom. So that didn't help anything probably. Uh, but, you know, we have an illegal procedure first play. You know, defensive guys make a move call, which everybody does. Our defense does it every day. We, we hadn't jumped in two years, I don't think, on something like that. And, you know, we, we jump. And then first third down, uh, we're running freeze play, and we got two receivers run downfield. So we just, just kept beating ourselves, you know, making it hard. More from uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick here on our Pirate Report. And he says everything uh... – Needs to come together, and he explains how that may occur. You got to protect better, or you don't have time to let them get out in there. You know what I'm saying? That, that's part of it. But it's just been kind of what I call a typewriter, and I know I said that to our kids the other day, and nobody knew what a typewriter was, so that wasn't a very good example, I guess. But you know, the keys used <laughs> to just hit, 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 hit. It's okay. We 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 protect well. We make a wrong read. We don't throw it to the right guy. Okay. Then we come back, make the right read. The guy drops the ball. Okay. Then you know we're maybe we're going to catch it and throw it to the right guy. Then we don't protect. So it's just been different things, and that's what drives you crazy as a coach. Because if it's just one thing, you can fix that. Or if it was just one player, you can say, okay, well it's time for somebody else to play. It's just not been that. So we do want to throw it down the field. He does have a big arm. I I, I mean I, I don't need to prove that he does. We just need to get it thrown. Probably, if you get the running game going a little bit more, it would be a little easier to get play-action pass. Play-action pass is the easiest way to throw the ball down the field. All right, uh, more from Donnie Kirkpatrick on scrambling with the football. We we haven't made any plays off the scramble in the throwing game. Now, Mason had several scrambles last week. You know, he ran the ball for 100-and-some yards, I guess. Uh, some of those were called runs. Some of those were, were scramble-type deals. Uh, one of them... He actually should have thrown it, and he didn't throw it. But if you don't throw it and you get fooled, you're taught to then run the play That if you'd have handed it off to the run back. And he did that, and that was the long run that we had right there. So, uh, yeah, we got to get somebody free. And, that, that you know, when defenses play you tight and they play you super aggressive, they are then – more accessible to to the big play sometimes. That's what happens to you guys that just are super aggressive, always up on you, always overplaying everything. You know, quarterback scrambles, then they get beat. You know, because they're overplaying the routes, and we 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 need to do that. We need to do that. We just haven't been able to do that. Now, some of that he needs to keep his eyes up. He maybe could have made a throw, but if you know if you can run it, you run it. All right, uh, more from Donnie Kirkpatrick. He talks about. Uh perhaps a lack of confidence right now for the offensive unit. 
right now I think that uh, there is a lack of confidence in there because you know you, you they they know they're trying hard. We know we're working hard and all that. You know you're waiting for that. You're waiting for that break. Sometimes you got to get lucky, I guess, in this business. We've all been through that. Where when we look back at some games and go, you know, we were kind of lucky right here. You know that that shouldn't have worked and that did, or somebody made a play. And then boy, once you get something going, it just it just carries on. And you know, that, that thing called momentum is real. And you know, right now we've we've tried not to just beat them down, you know, beat them down because, you know, if they weren't trying hard, that'd be a different story, but they are trying hard. We just have a lot of guys out there that haven't played a lot of football right now, and uh, but we should be gaining, you know what I'm saying? We're on game three, so we should have two games in the belt, and uh, somebody, somebody will get it going. I think, you know, it will be contagious is what we say, so we're looking for that to happen this weekend. All right, comments from Donnie Kirkpatrick. We continue on with the Pirate offensive coordinator on being glad that uh, the team has both quarterbacks. I'm glad we got both of them. Right now, we need both of them. I would like for one of them to separate, just take this thing over and become a great player. But, you know, I also wished a lot of other things in life that you don't always get what you want. You, you know, you just get what you earn, I guess. So we'll just keep trying to work at it and hopefully somebody will start playing, you know, consistently good. Because both of them have played good in spells. Both of them have not played good enough, you know, in spells. And, and really, that's my job, to get them to do that. I know that. I take total responsibility. You know, it's interesting. Um, App State really struggled against the run when they had UNC in the house. So, uh, or, or played them in Chapel Hill more appropriately. So, uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick, uh, knowing this week the Pirates need to get the run more involved. We got to get somebody, you know, lathered up a little bit more. Uh, we know we got to run the ball to be good this year. Uh, and, you know, the quarterback, okay, he ran for 100 and some yards. That's great. But it really was in re – that's reverse of what I'd like. I'd like to see a running back have 118 yards and have 16 carries and the quarterback maybe have nine, you know. So we'd, we'd like to get that change. Now, sometimes the defense dictates what you got to do, you know what I'm saying. Uh, but uh, – we got to get the running backs going. Raji's got to get going. I think J.B. Spawn can be that big-time explosive guy. We haven't had nearly enough big plays. You know what I'm saying? Last year we were seventh in the country in explosive plays. You know, I don't know what we are now, but it's got to be close to the last. You know what I'm saying? Okay, uh, this is uh, Blake Harrell. Uh, we shift things to the Pirate defensive coordinator. And he was not in the booth or in the tower for the game Saturday. He was down on the field. He's usually upstairs, and he discussed that. I was in the box at Michigan. It's just been a while, you know. I think the last time I was on the field was uh, during COVID. And uh, Dowdy Ficklin's a little bit different when it's not COVID. We had a special crowd last week, and, you know, the boneyard was packed. And I just really appreciate the fans showing up and showing out for that. And that's, that's what makes this place so special. But, yeah, I was on the field just kind of, you know, Want to get down there and get a little bit, you know, different feel for the game, look at players in the eyes and just really enjoyed it down there for, for some parts of it. And, and I'm not sure which way I'll be this week. It may be a, a week by week thing, game by game, but I think there's advantages to both. You know, when you're up top, you, you have, you know, you can see everything, you can see the whole game. When you're down below, you can look the guys in the eyes, kind of get a feel for them and, and they feed off of you, you feed off of them. Kind of the energy kind of goes hand in hand. And, all right, Blake Harrell talking about the mindset of moving on to the next play. You train for toughness, and we keep talking this week. Uh, you know, tough times don't last, but tough people do. It's the same in a ball game. You always got to move on to the next play. 
good, bad, ugly, whatever it may be. You know, if we if we force a fumble down there, get the ball to our offense on a three-yard line, we still got to go play the next snap. And we got to play with that same uh, passion, energy, focus, locked in, doing our job, assignment, protecting our culture that we do, you know, if something bad happens. So, uh, you know, you got you have short memories, especially when you're a DB. You got to move on to the next play because if you don't, it can affect, you know, several snaps. So you can't let one snap turn into two bad snaps. All right, Blake Harrell on the fourth quarter collapse. I look up there, like they got 220 yards on the night, and you're playing pretty well, and you feel like you know there's no way they can go 75 yards. Um, and, and then they try the trick play, the double pass, and it gets in there, and and we got to bounce back. You know that's where we just got to hey, even be tougher right there, and we got to create a turnover down there. I think they put the ball on the ground through a swing pass and went behind the line of scrimmage. You know, some way we got to get in there and punch that out and see if we can't come up that, see if the ball, get the ball to bounce our way. And I told our guys, like, keep keep playing your tails off, keep playing hard, and good things will happen. You know, good things to happen to, to guys that go to work every day, uh, bust their tails, play their hearts out, and, uh, you know, play the type of brand of football that, that we want as Pirate Nation. All right, uh, our Pirate Report, we got uh, one more cut here from uh, the uh, defensive coordinator of the Pirates, Blake Harrell, who talks about Appalachian State and their offensive coordinator, Frank Ponce. We, we started out 0-2 that year, um, and we did not play well game one. And, and that's, you know, defensively, we've had some some bright spots. You know, we haven't been able to finish last week, but we've had some bright spots defensively so far. Uh, that game, I don't think there was any bright spots. I think J-Mac picked the ball off. That's about it. Um, and, and that game too, Coach Ponce was that—that that was his first time really calling it. Maybe he did some was involved in the past game at Louisville, uh, so you were kind of guessing on what they might do. Now you've got a whole season of what he did in 21 plus two games in, in 23 here that you can kind of study and go back to, and you got a better feel for who they are offensively. And, and they've always been kind of that: hey, run the outside zone stretch play, throw the play action shots. You know, third down they got a true drop back game. Uh, but now you have a better feel for who he is and his identity and, and who he is as a play caller. So that adds to it. You know, I think you, you started a lot of that game in 21, and, and you see some of those things show up throughout that season, so this season. So you think you'll get those, and you prepare your guys for that as well. All right, uh, great stuff there in today's Pirate Report. Of course, we'll have coverage beginning at 12.30 on Saturday right here on 94.3 The Game. So uh, tune in for that as we'll be uh, bringing you uh, coverage of uh, East Carolina and Appalachian State with our Bushlight Pirate Game Day countdown in our 34th year. Fastest two hours in radio, the award-winning, often imitated, never duplicated Pirate Game Day countdown. It's quality, not quantity, folks. So keep that in mind always. Steve and I go be in Boone from Hoist the Colors. We'll link in with Kevin Monroe at some point, and uh, it'll be myself, the uh, – ECU football legend, Pam Pack, all-time great NFL veteran Terrence Copper, along with uh, Joe Sampson, Joey Football, uh, will be with us. Dom will be anchoring the scoreboard desk uh, and be involved in the production, so we'll fill up the ref pilkey, then it'll be a big day. Okay, let's uh, grab a timeout when we come back. Uh, Jim Zoki is going to join us. He'll be on the call coming up this uh, Saturday uh, from Boone. So, uh, Zoke on the Pirates and Panthers here on the Patrick Johnson Show. You ready for this? Oh, I'm very ready. Okay, ready? You ready? Streaming to the world at 943thegame.com. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. Now, in all his glory, here's the P-Man. We've 
twisted Jim Zoki's arm yet again, and he is with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. He uh, is, of course, calling ECU Appalachian State from Boone, a place that he actually, uh, I think one of your children went there. Am I, am I wrong on that, Jim? If I'm wrong, tell me. We'll we'll make sure we well, correct the record. Pat, Pat, Patrick, you're never wrong, but yeah, in this case, I, I did. <laughs> we had uh, four kids we put through school, and uh, App State was one of the schools. So, mm. And we uh, used to have a place up uh, in Beach Mountain, not far from. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, we're familiar with the area up there and looking forward to some fall weather and an ECU win, I hope. Yeah, well, let's hope so. Uh, so, you know, because you've been to a game there, I'm sure. This is uh, a loud stadium. It's a great environment. This will be a tough putt uh, Saturday. It is. Well, it's tough for anybody to go up there. I mean, they they, they fill it up. And uh, so it's a tough place to go and a team that's always tough to play and I'm sure you've all been talking and reading and hearing about zone stretches all week, and that's what they do. They they run the ball a lot. As Coach Houston said two years ago, I think he said 21. There were 21 of those plays that time. So they do that, and then they'll play action out of that when they're not running that. So they're they're tough, and uh, you know they're they're a team that uh, gave Carolina all they could have to the point where Mac Brown said no more. There's not going to be another right. rematch. Yeah. <laughs> so you know Jim is a guy that's been in the state for a long time and covered all levels of sports. Um, let me just get your take on that. I mean, I, I, from the ECU perspective, I think all of these schools should play because it's good for the, the economy. It's good for the state. It's good for a regional rivalry, which we don't have in conferences anymore. So I just, I think, I, I wish Mac Brown didn't have that opinion of, of how to handle things. Yeah. I think if, for him, he's talking more from the football sense and, um, you know, there's not a lot for them to be gained uh, from by playing, if you're a Power 5 team, playing tough outs like that. And so there's, uh, it doesn't help their rankings much, and all they can do is kind of lose. So I get where he's coming from with that. But I think it's great for ECU and after they got that four-game series that they're going yes. through. And yes. I think that's, um, that's what football needs. And, uh, you know, it'd be, honestly, it'd be cool if they, we were in the same conference uh, together. So that's, um, you know. It, it was just sit around long enough, maybe that'll happen too. Say. Uh, but having <laughs> having Charlotte in the conference is is great. Having the Forty ers in there with App yeah. State in the American Conference, but you know, ECU, um, you know, I would love to see App State come into uh, come into the America. Maybe a step up conference wise for them. Yeah, and you know, I think the thing with App is they've got to get those other sports kind of in in at least basketball in some kind of shape. They've got a pretty nice little arena, but uh, anyway. Uh, Jim Zoki, Patrick they don't seem Johnson. Motivated about the basketball? No, game. they don't. They don't <laughs> seem to be. Jim Zoki and Patrick Johnson. We're just two dudes talking sports. That's all we're doing uh, here on yeah, the PJ Show. Come on. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Joey Aguilar, uh, I feel a little erratic throwing the football, but uh, a spectacular athlete who just seems the has the ability to make things happen, and he's got Nate Noel, who's who's rock solid in the backfield. Yeah, I think, um, well, first of all, that's that's the thing. It's going to be the running game first, and then the, the throwing comes off of that. But, you know, of course, Aguilar was the, the backup, and uh, Berger, the starter, until he got hurt against Gardner-Webb, and then he comes in, Aguilar, midway through that Gardner-Webb game, goes like 11 out of 13, and then he plays pretty well against North Carolina in the in the second game this past week. So it's, uh, it's, it's a team, again, it's got weapons in the past game, but it's all built around the run game first, I would say, and I believe they're going to get Amani Marshall back this week. Now they already have Mikel Haywood, so they got three pretty good backs that they can roll out there. And um, a little bit like Marshall, they got a bunch of receivers that the, they'll, they'll throw in and out of the lineup a lot. Uh, so uh, we'll see. But uh, I think it's going to be, you know, 
again, North Carolina ran right through uh, App State last week. So there's some good running backs on the CCU roster. And, you know, I think, you know, the way Mason Garcia has been running it, there's going to be some opportunities there and get the pass game together. I think I think it's going to be a heck of a game coming up in the moon. Yeah, it'll be great. 3.30 will be the kick. Uh, Zoke and the gang from Kid Brewer at 2.30 will lead into them. Uh, beginning on uh, 94.3, the game of the IBX Media app at 12.30. Uh, will be myself, Terrence Copper, Joe Sampson, and uh, we'll hear from Stephen Igo. Uh, Kevin Monroe will be with us. Uh, Monroe's going to be with you up in uh, Boone, isn't he, on Saturday? Yeah, how are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, is he... This one of those a- is this one of those AI tricks? No, no, it's not an AI <laughs> trick. No, 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 this is this is no... This is no presidential candidate dropping out of the race via AI. No, it's none of that that's been going on this week. It's, uh, it's uh, no, Monroe, through the magic of radio, will join us. I'll just say that. So, Oh, okay. So yes. not in person. Okay. No, 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 not in person. No, 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 no. Yeah, I we need him be... in Boone. Is, what I'm saying is we need him and Macy up in Boone so right. don't be taking all, all of our guys. Well, but, and I go will be in Boone. So that, you know, it's, we'll, we'll, much like okay. you, Jim, we'll, we'll call on the telephone. That's how that'll work. We're covering the state. We're covering the state east to west. Aren't we? That's great. By the way, it's awesome that FNZ, the big sports station in Charlotte, has taken the network this year. So I think that's, that's a big deal, isn't it? It is because it helps me write that off of my taxes when I make all these trips. And then from the broadcast standpoint, it's good too. So I, I do. I love the fact that we're on in Charlotte and on a station that I work for. So that's a, a great on top of everything else as well. But uh, and there are, you know, this because you travel about, there's, there's a lot of ECU fans out this way and there's App State fans out this way too, of course. But I think uh, as I start doing these ECU games, I hear from more and more people out this way in the Charlotte area that, they went there. Their wife went to school. Their kids went to school there. So it's. Uh, I think it's it's great to have more of a representation here in Charlotte for ECU. Jim Zoki, it's just a free flow of ideas here today with Zoke. Uh, of course, uh, calling the games for ECU football this season and with the Panthers radio network. So, um, what did you think of your first ECU experience in Greenville? You know, it was uh, the first half and all the buildup and uh, the pirate walk. I saw all that versus saw you. Broadcasting uh, outside right. uh, Dowdy Ficklin. Don't, hey, Jim, don't that. you agree? I need a stage. I need a stage or a lift or. or I, I gotta say, it was, it was almost like you were like one of the security guards checking people's IDs coming in and their credentials. <laughs> so we do. We need more. <laughs> we need more. More of more a presentation, presence. right? There's Patrick. He's got the crew. He's got Joe. He's got everyone there, and they're doing the show. And it's kind of like three feet away from where people are checking in to, to right. get into the. The tower. So I just uh, but, I need uh, a riser or I need a stage. One of the two. I don't even need a stage. I just need a riser, right? We need a riser to be put on. Well, you need more than one bottle of water, first of all. It's hot <laughs> out there and you had one bottle of water. <laughs> Not exaggerating. Everyone got one bottle of water. <laughs> and they liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they liked it. Uh, but, uh, of course, I got that. My first weather delay is part of that at, at halftime. But uh, that's happened there before a couple of times, too. So, uh yeah, I thought uh, you know it was. It's a great experience. It's, it's a great stadium. First of all, I've been. I feel like I've already been to every square inch of everything that is there, and in the sports complexes there. And you know, then we go down to like you know into the football meeting rooms to do the post game. So I really feel like I've been there a couple times, obviously. But inside, outside of the round, it really is a great setup of uh, the sports facilities over there. It's a great stadium. Yeah, well, it was great to see you. All these years, Jim and I had never crossed each other because as everyone knows i go nowhere unless there's compensation and so there 
That's why I've never been out to Charlotte to a Panthers game, uh, even though the times I went, I had a great even, time. Even when I did the morning show with Henry, I'm, I'm in Greenville. I'm there in the studios. Right. And where's Patrick? He's on a TV set in front of me. He's right. talking to me through the TV. So it's the I magic just, of radio, you're like the, wizard of, you're like the Wizard of Oz. Yes. I don't know how to get, get near you. Yes, it's got to be. I have to receive ample compensation to, to leave. On the Patrick Johnson Twitter page today, there's not one but two pictures of us together as we commemorated the moment uh. of uh, – a frowny face and smiley face, and we, we've got both. Both you can pick either one depending on how things it's go. It's kind of like the logo for theater with the masks, in a way. You know, <laughs> that's that's right, tragedy and comedy. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, Jim Zoki is uh, here with us. Okay, Zoki, let's uh, let's bear down on the pirates. Somebody out there right now in Grifton is listening to this saying, "When are these two wise asses going to talk about the pirates?" Well, now we are. So, Jim, when the uh, you know, I, I I like some things I saw from Mason Garcia. Uh, and I hope that he's getting a little more comfortable and acclimated. I, I worried that maybe he pulled the ball down a little too quickly a couple times. What did you see out of Mason that you liked, and, and where do you think Mason goes this week? I think, you know, uh, for both quarterbacks, there's things that are that are up and down where you know, they, they make some good decisions or they make some wrong reads, and it's not it's a passing game thing. It's not just the quarterback thing. So, yes, there are – uh, there are some things that need to be, you know, improved upon at the quarterback position itself, but also in the receiver part of that, of running the right routes. There's been a number of drops in the first two weeks. And the other thing is that's not talked about. Everyone kind of looks at each play as an individual event. Is, is the penalties <laughs> and things that put them yeah. off schedule. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you're first and 20 because you've got a holding penalty, or you're first and 15 because you've got a, a, a lineman or a receiver flying off the ball early, you know, that puts you off schedule to run plays where you're not in manageable. So I think the key is, as an offense, is to, to be better on first down and second down. If you get the third down, make it manageable. Hopefully not even reach third down as often as you can. And put the quarterback in a better position. A good running game is a quarterback's best friend. So there are other factors that go into it. So, yes, that is true. What you said, the, the quarterback play has not been what they want, but it also is, is kind of a group thing. It's, it's the blocking's yeah. got to be right. The receivers have to – run the right routes. They have to catch it when they get it. Um, and they all do, but it's got to be consistent. It's just a matter all those things exist, uh, but it's just a matter of consistently getting some kind of tempo go and just kind of a rhythm to the offense. And there's these stops and starts of, of different things misfiring. Defensively, uh, there were a couple of, uh, you know, busts that led to the double pass and then not so great tackling on the run after they had tackled, after they had tackled uh, Rashina league, and really held him in check for, for most of the day. Uh, but, uh, you know, and I, and I said this, too, about Marshall, and, I mean, I've had people say Marshall's not a good team. Well, they might not be a good team, but they're a solid team, and they're a veteran team. And and to me, that was as much the difference in the game as anything. Marshall didn't – you just didn't feel this tension that i kind of f- feeling right now with ECU. Well, kind of lost, uh, you know – in, in hindsight, but people in the moment knew it was that 31 to 13 loss was a 13 to 10 lead in the fourth quarter. Right, and you're right. kicking a field goal that you missed. That would have made it 16 to 10. So, I mean, that's the defense. Uh, I mean, they held Ali in check for three and a half quarters of that game. And that is no small task. Cause on a, and as you said, just kind of a, you know, steady, okay team. He's a phenomenal player. And I think he'll be in the NFL next year. Uh, but I think, um, you know, they had the bust on the double play and, uh, that was a young defensive back, made a mistake there. And then, again, kind of like the Michigan game, you allow that one big run. They had Corum the week before, and then Ali has the big one here. So they played well, by and large, defensively, kept you in the game the whole way. 
but there were just those two or three breaches uh, late. But, uh, again, the offense has to score more than eight points a game, and that's what they're averaging, eight points a game through two games. So there's a lot of pressure on that defense to kind of lead the way right now. Jim Zoki with us uh, here. Zoke, mate, can I impose upon you to hold through a break and we talk some Panthers and some other things? Is that fine? I would like for you and, and Henry to have all the wealth that you can. So whatever I can do to stand by and hear a word from our sponsors to create that scenario for you, I'm, I'm fine for it. Number one, Henry's got plenty of wealth. I need a little. All right, uh, Jim Zoki, <laughs> Panthers Radio Network, East Carolina football announcer. And we're going to uh, talk more with Zoke, get into the Panthers and a little NFL next. I'm Dom Kosoki with your 94.3 The Game Sports Update and Pirate Report. The ECU football team is off to an 0-2 start and the offense has yet to produce the way they were expected to. Offensive coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick says the Pirates have to stop doing the things that beat themselves. There's a lot of things we can do better. I think it starts with just quit beating yourself, making the game so hard. I mean, we, we, we start last week's game. First thing is somebody kicks the cord out of the headsets. We have no communication down to the bottom. So that didn't help anything probably. Uh, but, you know, we have an illegal procedure first play. You know, defensive guys make a move call, which everybody does. Our defense does it every day. We, we hadn't jumped in two years, I don't think, on something like that. And, you know, we, we jump. And then first third down, uh, we're running freeze play, and we got two receivers run downfield. So we just, just kept beating ourselves, you know, making it hard. For, for the second week in a row, Mason Garcia started at quarterback and was relieved by Alex Flynn during the game. Garcia ran for 118 yards. He was 10 of 23 passing for 62 yards with a touchdown and an interception. Defensively, the Pirates overall played well. Defensive coordinator Blake Harrell was on the field for the game, but not in the booth? Dowdy uh, Pickens a little bit different when it's not cold. It a special crowd last week, and you know, the boneyard was packed, and just really appreciate the fans showing up and showing out for that, and that's, that's what makes this place so special. But yeah, I was on the field just kind of, you know, Wanted to get down there and get a little bit, you know, different feel for the game. Look at players in the eyes and just really enjoyed it down there for some parts of it. And I'm not sure which way I'll be this week. It may be a week by week thing, game by game. But I think there's advantages to both. You know, when you're up top, you you have, you know, you can see everything. You can see the whole game. When you're down below, you can look the guys in the eyes, kind of get a feel for them, and and they feed off of you. You feed off of them. Kind of the energy kind of goes hand in hand. East Carolina tees it up against at Boone against Appalachian State on Saturday at 3.30. Coverage begins at 12.30. ECU comes in as the underdogs facing an 8.5-point spread. The Panthers are losing their starting left guard for the rest of the season. Carolina placed Brady Christensen on injured reserve due to a biceps injury he suffered in the seasoning opening loss to the Atlanta Falcons. In other news, head coach Frank Wright said that in, said that surgery and a trip to the IR are on the table for injured cornerback J.C. Horn. Carolina added running back Tariq Cohen and wideout Michael Strykan to the practice squad yesterday. In corresponding moves, Spencer Brown was released while Stanley Thomas Oliver was placed on the practice squad IR. Carolina is gearing up to host the NFC South rival New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football in Week 2. Tonight, the Minnesota Vikings travel to Philly to face off against the Eagles. Vikings took an unexpected loss week one to the Bucks, while the Eagles barely held on to the win against the Patriots. Philly is favored by 6.5 points, and the over-under is set at 49.5. 
And that'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. This sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting Pirate student-athletes. For info on how to join, please visit teamboneyard.org. More of the Patrick Johnson Show with Jim Zoki on the other side of this quick timeout right here on 94.3 The Game. Sometimes you just don't know if you want to kiss him or slap him. Ow! Either way, he'd probably like it. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Jim Zoki with us here today. Always great to catch up with Zoke on Thursdays. Panthers lose the opener down in Atlanta. They'll play on Monday night, so no driving in the middle of the night for you this time. Oh, no, 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 Jim. No, no, no. Well, maybe. No, no, you'll be fine. You'll be Boone. You're probably staying in Boone an extra night, I would imagine. So, yeah, that, this is no driving in the middle of the night for you this week. That's good. People don't want to hear my travel uh, scenarios. West yes, Durham had is, no uh, time for it. West Durham had zero patience for your travel. West Durham, West Durham by the way, chose, asked for Saturday primetime college football. So while his schedule is what it is, he also requested that to be the case. So he's he's got it going pretty good, and he was there. Uh, he was actually there when we arrived. He was there before we arrived at the stadium in Atlanta on Sunday. So uh, yeah, he you know he says I'm a candidate for private jet like uh, Kirk Herbstreit <laughs> and uh, Chris Fowler. Yeah. And I said, Wes, come on, you've been doing this. This is I've done two games at ECU. You do this all the time, right? So um, we'll we'll see if um, we'll see if we can maybe get a sponsor for that. But yeah, if that, if that can happen, so be it. But yeah, in Boone Saturday. Not only that. Monday night football, so you got all of Sunday off, as you said. So uh, the this the schedule gives and it takes away, and this week it gives. So the Panthers, uh, you know, anybody who's upset about Bryce Young at this point uh, needs to chill. And because, I mean, he's it's his first start. And it just, I saw some, I kind of like with Garcia, I saw some things that I liked, and I saw some things that he'll obviously need to improve upon. Yeah, I was going to say it's uh, it's not unlike the ECU, <laughs> probably the, the the boards and the callers to the show and and all that. I think people, by and large, understand first games and the NFL, and they should understand first seasons. If you want to do some history lessons, go back and look up any any star Hall of Fame quarterback. We did this on Panther Talks the other night. Adish brought this out with whether it's uh, Joe Montana or Steve Young or John Elway. Just pick one, any of them. Go look up their first game. None of them had even average stats. Tom Brady, nobody. They're all horrible. Uh, and I thought Bryce Young was was okay. He was 20 out of 38, 146, a touchdown, and, of course, the two interceptions. So I think, to me, you know, you, you got to start somewhere. It's your first game. you got to build off of that. And, uh, you know, I, to me, here's the thing. He looked like he was a guy that didn't look like he was too big to be in the NFL. He didn't make a bunch of mistakes. By the eyeball test, if you looked out on the field, and you saw him versus Desmond Ritter. You would thought Desmond Ritter was making his first start more than Bryce Young right, was. So right, yeah. he's going to be he's going to be good, but it does take a little bit of time, and uh, it's going to come. Of course, you you know just like ECU going with their personnel changes, you want to win while guys are growing and learning, of course. Uh, but uh, but you understand with Bryce Young, it's a longer season; it's seventeen games. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more of a building process for him. Philip the ref Pilkington, avid Panthers fan, um, and you know he. I posed the question to him this week, and, I, and I'll pose it to you. I mean, are we a little concerned about J.C. Horn at this point of the reputation of being oft injured too much? 
Well, it's not it's not been good. The thing about it is it's been a different injury every time. It's a foot, it's a wrist, it's a hamstring. So it's not like a recurring injury. Uh, but, yeah, there is obviously a guy that's a top 10 pick. Uh, as a, as There's so many cliches in the world of sports. Your best ability <laughs> is what, Patrick? Availability. Availability. And so we all know the answer to that one. So he um, you know, just is not going to be available for a while with a hamstring injury. They haven't said how long, but obviously that's not a one-week injury. So it's what's sad is when he is out there and he is playing and it's been limited in two years, he's not a shutdown corner. He hasn't earned that yet. But he's on the cusp of being that. So if he can stay on the field and participate more often, I, I think he's got that kind of potential and ability out there. But uh, he's a good one. That's why it's frustrating and why it shows up and it's noticeable when he's not playing because he's that good and it's going to make it you know, that much harder. So Troy Hill's going to have to step up, a veteran they brought in during training camp. Uh, and now it's really C.J. Henderson's got to show this is his make-or-break year. I mean, this is the last year of his contract. So another former top-10 pick in this league by Jacksonville. You know, C.J. Henderson, uh, what can he do? So we'll see uh, come, come come Monday. Uh, and then uh, Christensen uh, injured. Uh, can we talk about that? Because, uh, you know, again, I, the offensive line for the Panthers, every time you think it gets solidified, it seems like something happens. It is, and now you got both of your starting guards yeah. out. Uh, yeah. And we'll see Austin Corbett's at least a four-week injury, so he's got two more weeks to go after this one. So, of course – NC State fans know Chandler Zavala well, so you've got, you've got him, and he's, he's being put in as a fourth-round draft choice, having to play you know right away in place of Corbett. And, you know, just a matter of going through what they've got to go through to get through this time period right now. And uh, I think, too, you know, it's going to take some, some time for this line to gel cohesively together. They did well last year to stay healthy. Again, a lot of that is just, you know, the, the luck of the injuries and so forth. But uh, hopefully they can – you know, this, that needs to be enough, right? At some point, you just can't have that many along the offensive line getting injured, unfortunately. It's just been happening in bunches for them right now. Uh, what, we don't, what is new? I mean, we really don't know anything about New Orleans, really, do we? We know some things. Um, you know, first of all, um, do I mention DJ, DJ Chark, by the way, is limited in practice this week. Okay. So hopefully, all right. they get him back, as they say, in the passing game as far as the injury situation goes. It's a shame, ben, as as it's the, a shame B. Baby's not here anymore because he loved to know the injuries. I don't know why, but he loved to know the injuries. So, I think, you know, wagering. He's probably wagering, <laughs> is my guess. So. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's not playing? Oh, I almost um, had a spit take there, Jim. Wonderful. All right. I know. Well, of course, yeah, so, uh, Saints don't have Alvin Kamara for this one and one more at the three-game suspension. Yeah. They struggled in the run game. They won 16-15 over Tennessee, but two and a half yards of carry. Jamal Williams didn't get much of anything. Where they're dangerous is in the past game. And I think Derek Carr is an underrated quarterback. I think he's been a 4,000-yard 4, passer in this league. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to say, Josh McDaniel, wherever he's go, it's not been good. It's like he's not been you know, the guy who's been Belichick's assistant. Right. When he becomes a head coach, like Denver – and with Vegas, things don't go as well. Uh, so Derek Carr didn't have a good season with him last year. I think he's going to look better with New Orleans. Chris Olave is terrific, former Ohio State receiver. Mm-hmm. So he had over 100 yards his first week. Um, this kid Rashid Shahid was the other guy that stepped up, and he's a big play receiver. And then you throw in the mix, Michael Thomas, after three years of major injuries, is playing. He had five catches the first week. We talked with their uh, broadcasters this week. And I said, I didn't see your game. How how do you look? They go, he looks good. Like Not like maybe exactly the guy from three years ago that was leading the league in receptions, uh, but he looks healthy and he looks good. That's a lot to deal with in, in the past game there. And they always have a good defense. So I think, you know, New Orleans is always going to be a tough out. As long as they've got Cam Jordan on the defensive side, they're always going to be a tough team to deal with. So uh, the, I think they're going to be solid. And 
Uh, they should not be dismissed. Uh, everyone's kind of in that same boat. Everyone in the Division One last week, Tampa Bay won with Baker Mayfield last week, so you don't want to go 0-2 in the division to start, that's for sure. Hey, uh, Jim, as far as the injury to Aaron Rodgers, he's uh, put something out today that was very philosophic, but it seems like he's determined to come back, even though he's suffering a really tough injury at the age of 39 on top of that. Uh, you know, that kind of sucks, if I may invoke a little uh, French, uh, for it's just not good, obviously, for the Jets, especially for the viewing public, because they're on primetime a gazillion times, it seems like, uh, this year. So that, that really is not good for us. But, you know, this obviously changes them. They still got a pretty good defense. They have some other pieces that they surrounded around, uh, surrounded Rodgers with. Uh, so they their expectations have, I think, fallen back to earth pretty big. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal, obviously, first for Aaron Rodgers and for the Jets and uh, and all the Jets fans. But, yeah, for the entire league is a good point because that, uh, that was a marquee situation and something that's, uh, yeah, something that's very, uh, it, you know, this is a, a move. He's been a Green Bay Packer forever. He goes to New York. He's the, the piece of the puzzle they've been looking for to have a Super Bowl run. And, like, really all that pressure of, like, you know, Super Bowl or bust is why they bring him in and they give up what they gave up to get him. Um, and he says he'll be back, as you said, next year. But we'll see. I mean, you, you can, of course, come back a year later from an Achilles. But, you know, how effective would he be at that age, pushing 40 years old? Right, so right. Uh, we'll deal with that later. But for this season, yeah, I will say, you know, Zach Wilson, um, we had them in the preseason. Had a little zip on the ball. I mean, it's his second year, first of all. That helps. Um, and there's a there's an Aaron Rodgers influence. I think Aaron took him under his wing uh, to some degree. So I think uh, with the coaching and the tutelage of that, um, he was a top three pick in this league. It doesn't guarantee anything. We've seen that. We had Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold in the top three picks. Uh, but I, I do think there, <laughs> there might be something better than what he was. And he is surrounded by talent. Uh, so um, we'll see. It's not going to be Aaron Rodgers, of course. It's not going to be that good. Right. Uh, but there'll be a team. I don't, I don't think they're now going to go 5-12 and 12 or anything like that. Right, There's too much right. talent on that team. But I think Zach Wilson is better than he was. Lost in all that is they actually won the game the other night. So that – that, uh, Which is again the, the proof in it right there. Like, right. You know, obviously, the, the defense was a big part of that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that adds to again. It's a, it's got some really good pieces on that team, uh, not just uh, at the offensive position. But there's a reason you traded all that to, to get Aaron Rodgers. So that's going to be the difference. Hey Jim, uh, great stuff. Great to talk to you. You could check out Jim Zoki Saturday at two thirty on this station and also one hundred seven point nine WNCT and any other station along the ECU Sports Network. Uh, 3.30 the kick, ECU in Boone to take on Appalachian State. And then Zoke will be on uh, 7 o'clock with the pregame Monday night. 7 o'clock on the network. Is that right, Jim? 7 o'clock? No, so it's two Monday night games, so it's early. So this game kicks at 7.15. Oh, okay. 6 o'clock. So 6 o'clock ah, on the, uh, right. the pregame 7.15 kick because there's also a Brown-Steelers game as the second game on Monday Night Football this week. What? Yes. The, you know, they said that they had an opening weekend where they would do two. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, they're doing it uh, this weekend. I guess because of the Jets-Bills matchup, they wanted to have the marquee of uh, Aaron ah. Rodgers. Uh, so they, they moved the double dip to uh, this week coming up. So they're playing after your game? They're playing simultaneous. It's like, oh. like they're, we're seven fifteen. They're like 8-15. So oh, like I see. They're apart. staggering it. I see. Okay. Uh, the ESP, I, I'm sure on the ESPN family of networks, or maybe they're forcing you to scream it. I actually don't even know. I just do the radio. But there are two games available somehow uh, through your contraptions and devices. Well, here's what you can know. Jim Zoki will be on 
the Marconi nominated 103.7 <laughs> WTIB at 6 o'clock with uh, the pregame, 7.15 the kick. I think it'd be fun to make the other uh, game be played at 10.30 at night. That's what I, even if it's East Coast, make them play late at night. Here's what I'm going to do since Kevin Monroe is doing so much. I'm going to make Kevin Monroe come be part of the Panthers uh, Saints <laughs> game on Monday night. Since he's on both of our programs and the broadcast coming up on Saturday. You know, Monroe had a cup of coffee with the uh, with the franchise. I know. Yeah, he knows most of the Panthers through his other uh, yes, job that he does. He does. So he, he does a good number of the people I know that they're from uh, Panthers past and present. Monroe's an, a Renaissance man in many ways. All right, uh, the great Jim Zoki, a Renaissance man himself, a traveler, a rambling man. Uh, Jim, thank you. <laughs> you bet. Anytime, Patrick. Oh, there we are. I was reaching, and uh, I thought Jim was going to go on some more. Oh. My mistake. All right. Uh, the great Chip Soki with us uh, here uh, on the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, nice to have uh, Jim with us uh, here. All right. Uh, let us uh, tell you what. We'll take a break and uh, come back and kind of get you set up for tomorrow and the rest of the weekend. Uh, big sports coverage. I mean, it just doesn't, you know, starting in with uh, – our daily programs, we've got uh, all kinds of programming uh, for uh, sports this weekend on our uh, station. So I'll tell you a little bit about that, and uh, we'll uh, bring all that to you and tell you about tomorrow's show on the other side. Taking the rage out of your drive home. You just cut me off, but it's no big deal. Patrick Johnson on 94.3 The Game and the new IBX Media app. Okay, uh, welcome back. Uh, and uh, we are getting ready to uh, uh, take you to the uh, top of the hour. We'll uh, break then, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, everything you need to know about ECU and Appalachian uh, State. So there was uh, Colorado and Colorado State are playing this weekend, and uh, I think to the chagrin of many, Colorado's kind of been the story of the college football season through the first couple weeks uh, because uh, of the great job that uh, Deion Sanders has done. And whether you like Coach Prime style or not, he's got his team out to a 2-0 start. They've beaten two pretty reputable teams in TCU and, and Nebraska. Now, Nebraska stinks, but, I mean, there's tradition there. It's well-funded. You know, they've got Matt Rule as the head coach, so... Your mileage may vary on that, but uh, anyway, point is that, uh, you know, they, they, they haven't played the sisters of the poor. They have played two, uh, you know, major high-level, big conference college football teams. So they're playing Colorado State this weekend out of the Mountain West. That's an in-state rivalry. And apparently the head coach for Colorado is Jay Norvell. And uh, now his team comes in, the Rams do. They're big underdogs. They, I think, opened at 24 points, something like that, depending on which book you go with, for entertainment purposes only. No faith from the odds makers that Colorado State is going to pull any kind of uh, upset here. And it was very interesting to hear what Norvell had to say. And he said something to the effect of, um, he, he, we went after Dion who wears sunglasses and a hat during his press conferences. 
and saying that's not how a grown-up behaves when talking to other grown-ups. And I can get the thing with uh, Dion and the hat and the glasses rubbing people the wrong way, but it is prime. So now Dion Sanders uh, has says it was just going to be a good game, but now they done messed up or they done messed around and made it personal. Why would you talk about us when you don't talk about nobody? That's his comments, Dion, for Nor uh, for Norvell. And uh, look, they're already a multi-touchdown underdog. I think if Dion can put it on Colorado State, that will be the case. It's like the Michael Jordan thing. I mean, you, the, the, the greats, you can't give them something that stokes the fire, gives them a reason to be fired up, or gives them a reason to to motivate themselves. And the thing is, everybody in that locker room believes in Dion, so it's going to insult them on his team as well. And you already have the rivalry factor in there. So I would think Colorado rolls over Colorado State this uh, weekend. So uh, let's set you up for tomorrow. Uh, of course, I'll be back in the morning on Talk of the Town. Good Lord willing, and the creek don't rise at 7 o'clock. Uh, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., 103.7 and 96.3 and uh, on the IBX Media app. Noon tomorrow, it's Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo. Uh, he'll have Joey Football on with uh, him, Joe Sampson. They will talk about uh, the uh, ECU Appalachian State game. Steve Logan, and uh, we understand Coach Logan's brother passed this week, so our condolences to Coach Logan and his uh, family. But uh, Steve Logan uh, is going to be on at 5 o'clock, as far as we know, tomorrow. And then we'll be back with the Patrick Johnson Show at 6 o'clock if you're with us uh, for video, 10 a.m. tomorrow on our video platforms, X, YouTube, and Facebook, and we'll be on radio at 6 o'clock. Kevin Monroe, Rose Rampant, great, ECU, uh, great, and now an analyst on the uh, ECU Sports Network will be uh, with us tomorrow. So looking forward to having Kevin on the uh, program tomorrow. Then we got Rose Football at 7 tomorrow. Rampants need a win as they start conference play against Jacksonville. Shout out to my guy uh, there, Steve Brooks, who's the offensive coordinator for the uh, Cardinals. Greenville guy and a great guy. Saw Brooksy before the game. Uh, and uh, that's going to be a tough one for the Rampants because Jacksonville is is could be the best team, maybe the best offense in that uh, big Carolina conference. And then uh, we have uh, our coverage of the Pirates beginning at 1230 on 94-3 the game and the IBX Media app with our Pirate Game Day Countdown for Bush Light coming your way Saturday afternoon. Join Terrence Copper, Joey Football, and myself for that one. We'll lead you into network coverage from Boone beginning at 2.30 when 107.9 WNCT joins things there. So that is the big uh, rundown for the show uh, this week. Brown and Wood will have our keys to the game during the program. So looking forward to that. Thanks to Jim Zoki for being on with us today. Always love catching up with Zoke. And thanks to Dom Kosolke for uh, his work back at uh, our IBX World Headquarters. All right, back tomorrow in the morning. Talk of the town at 7. And right here on the PJ Show on the radio side at 6, 10 a.m. If you're with us on the video feed with Kevin Monroe tomorrow. Have a great evening, everybody. <laughs>